Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. How's it hanging in pandemic land? I've been calling these um, pandemic podcasts because um, I'm no longer going to my professional booth (laughs) to record. And so you may hear birds chirping, you may hear um, dogs barking, you may hear all sorts of things. And you know what? The sound quality may not be as good as it has been for a while, but that's just kind of the way it goes in a pandemic. And I hope you guys cut yourselves that the same amount of slack. I really hope that you can just give yourself the gift of accepting that you're doing the best you can right now. And that all of this is insane and that none of us has ever been has ever been through anything like this before. None of us knows how to do this. None of us, nobody, like the courts don't know how to do this. If you're getting divorced during a pandemic, like even attorneys and, and courts, like we just know, we're all making it up as we go along. Every one of us. I'm making up how to podcast at home and run my business with my teenager at home. And, you know, I'm lucky that I have a teenager. Um, I don't think I'd be able to be as productive as I am, which is much, by the way, if I uh, had a younger child. So if you've got young kids at home, God bless you. This is not easy. And we all have to make really difficult choices and sacrifices and all of that during this. And we're all just doing the best we can. So if you're sort of been really hard on yourself um, about your work or your parenting or your ability to homeschool, like, please, oh my God, let that shit go. It is just not helpful. You're not helping yourself by beating yourself up. So um, from the land of pandemic podcasting, I invite you to just go easy on yourself. Okay, so today we're going to round out. This is the end of legal month, which, (laughs) by the way, you can be rest assured there will be more uh, of that down the road. But um, today I have with me um, Aaron Levine. What an amazing human being. Um, Aaron is an attorney. She's, um, but she's an entrepreneur, a legal innovator. She's a, a certified family law specialist, and she's the she's the founder and CEO of Levine Family Law Group. And my favorite is that Erin is the founder of Hello Divorce, which she calls a modern breakup service, offering an affordable, convenient, and online divorce option. So um, Erin is also, (laughs) I'll just continue on with all of her uh, amazing accomplishments. She's also the co-founder of Love and Real Life, which is a platform designed to empower women by helping them to craft post-nuptial and prenuptial agreements that comport with their values and way of life. 
Um, and her award-winning legal technology and access to justice work has been recognized by the legal industry and beyond. Um, she has she's received numerous awards um, for this for her technology um, in Hello Divorce. And while Hello Divorce is currently available in California and it's opening up in some other states as well, the checklists and the downloads and the wealth of information and resources that Erin has created are available to everybody, right? So you don't, it's not just through, you don't don't have to be in California to, or the other states that she's rolling out in, in order to utilize this incredible platform. It has a blog attached. It has, oh my God, it's unbelievable. Checklists, downloads, seriously, Hello Divorce is the shit. So um, Aaron and I have been in the same circles for quite a while, and uh, I'm just so honored to finally have her on the podcast. And I and I just, you know, just a little behind the scenes secret here is that, you know, while Aaron and I were podcast, just before we hit record on the podcast, her kids were screaming in the background, and she was like, do you want to wait until, and I was like, you know what, screw it, right? This is This is what we deal with. We're moms. We have kids at home and we're dealing with this. I don't think her kids are actually screaming in any of uh, this podcast episode. But I, I, I say that because I want to sort of impress upon you that we're all, de- we're all dealing with the same shit. <laughs> we're all in this together. Um, even my dear friend, Erin Levine. And here she is. Erin Levine, I'm so happy to have you finally on this podcast. I know we've talked about it for a long time and it's, it's so great to see your face. I, I just, you know, I feel like we're, we've been friends forever and uh, we have in another universe, but it's just great. It's very reassuring in a time like now. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I mean, just, I think the, 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 the friendships and the the community that we have as, as divorce professionals, I mean, the good thing is just, you know, behind the scenes little, like, you know, I don't know if it's gossip or not, but like, we all really genuinely like each other (laughs) in the city. We were in the same city. We would all be hanging out like all the time. It's so true. We do. We really care. And we really have a common goal. And I think that's what sort of ties us together and how we've been able to find each other too, through all the noise. Yes. <laughs> there's so much noise. There's so much noise. And we do. And we, we, we share values. And I think that's, you know, in my work, working with women and discerning whether or not to stay or go, we do a lot of values work. And I think it's really clear that we all share the same values and that's what brings people together. And it's what unites them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lack of alignment on values as we see on a you know national scale <laughs> is really can put a, can kind of put a wrench in things. So yeah, I love. Yeah. Especially now when people are really looking for authentic relationships and to trust the companies they're working with. We had several people come to us and tell us about a scam that a couple other divorce legal companies were running. And at first we got very defensive because it looked like an incredible offering. And then when you look closer, it's just a full on misrepresentation. And so that was upsetting to us and to our clients once they found out that it what wasn't was true. It? I haven't seen this. What was the scam? Well, I mean, we should educate so people there were on like, couple, if they see it out there, right? Like I, what is yeah. it? Well, there's a couple companies claiming that they're offering divorces with private judges, which yes, in fact you can 
Right. Who is a private judge if they have been appointed by your local court. However, the offering said that it would allow people to skip the waiting periods that you have in certain states. So like as an example, in California, you have to wait six months before you're divorced, even if you finish all your right. paperwork in right. a week. And the offering said with using the private judge, you can skip the waiting period and get divorced now. And we saw this in two companies from potential clients that forwarded us those emails and said, hey, you should, um, you know, I was going to go with you, but then I saw this offering and it's really concerning right. can you ma- Can you match it? Can you, you match it? Kind of thing? it. Like, right, right. Can yeah. you match it? Right. So, I mean, I think that actually really brings us into sort of what we want to talk about, right? Which is, I mean, on the one hand, people have a, like, a, like once people make the decision, they're like, oh my God, I want to go. Like, let's do this, right? And now they're in quarantine and often quarantined with the person that they're trying to get divorced from, or they've just made this this awful decision or difficult decision to divorce from. So then you want to get it done, right? And for some people, now they're like, quarantine means I have to stop, right? And, and, And for some people, they're going ahead and maybe quarantine. Like, how do we know whether we should stop or whether we should continue to go and how to go forward if we're going forward and how to slow down. Like that's sort of, maybe I'm, maybe I'm getting ahead of of a conversation, but I think it's, I think it's important, right? Like, first of all, you can't bypass state mandatory, mandatory waiting periods, right? No matter what, (laughs) you can't do that. But how do you know if you should continue or how to continue or if you should slow it down? I mean, I should say that there might be exceptions in certain states. There's definitely not an exception in California. So definitely check with your local state. I think, I mean, this gets to the heart of it. We're hearing from hundreds of people, women who have been struggling with the question, should I stay or should I go for years and years and years? Now they've made that decision and they feel like because of these shelter in place orders and because most courts are closed, there's nothing they can do legally to move their divorce forward. And that's absolutely not true. So I definitely want to get into some of the things that you can do now to set up your legal case um, in a way that is going to be most beneficial to you. And then secondly, there's the women that are already in the divorce process and either wanting to wrap it up, which potentially you can, there's nothing keeping you from doing that, but it isn't always such a great idea given the change in market values, given the chaos going on, given the uncertainty around incomes. Sometimes we need to sit back, take a big deep breath, look at the facts and decide, hey, was that offering was that settlement proposal that I made really in my best interests now, given what was happening in the world? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I've, and I've had many women in my Facebook group talk about things like this, like, well, if I settle now, he may, he's about to like lose his job and, or he's got a reduction in income. And I know it's based on the last year, but it's also based on like, you know, my support might be based on what's possible in the future. We, we don't know, like, is this the time to be making these decisions when there's so much financial uncertainty, um, especially for stay-at-home moms who actually are going to re- like 
who are going to, who rely upon support. Absolutely. And I, I mean, we're right. not going to be able to address every single situation, as you know, in our podcast today, but I think that we can at least get to some of the good talking points, some of the important factors to consider before you decide what it is that you want to do. If you have a support order in place that's currently working for you, you know, you might want to pause because if your spouse has now has a reduction in income, well, it's going to be on him to bring that to your attention and try to seek a modification. And maybe it's just temporary. Maybe right now we're not negotiating the long-term support order because you don't have the best facts in front of you. And that's right. That's okay. That is okay. And it is a good time. It is important still to perhaps put a temporary order in place. Like if you don't have any order, right? You, that doesn't mean you don't move forward at all because there's uncertainty. Like you can still put a temporary order. Right. Right. Or in in some cases I still have, we still have clients that are pooling their assets and paying for joint expenses from accounts. And while it's not a hundred percent ideal because sometimes that turns into a little bit of an accounting disaster and you're sort of beholden, you know, that your spouse will continue to make those deposits. If that's what you've been doing until now, you can continue doing that for a little while longer. It's okay. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So let's go into some of these like talking points, as you were saying, like, what can we do now? What should we not, what, what, what should we do be doing now? If you, if you're one of those people who has made the decision and you were like about to dive in and then bam, shelter in place happened, what are some of the legal things that people can be doing? How can they be getting their legal ducks in a row? So the first thing that I want people to do is start to get organized because it feels really big, right? You just, okay, now I've decided I want a divorce and you start thinking about everything from whether or not you're going to be able to afford private school next year to how you're going to get, you know, two households financially, you know, equipped to be able to pay for the realities of life. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to solve all those problems at once and you might not solve them for a while, but what we do need to do is get organized. That you can do, whether you're in California or not, is download our Hello Divorce worksheet. And the reason why I like the worksheet is it gets everything on the table. It gets you thinking about everything from spousal support to child custody to what bank accounts or retirement accounts might we have. I remember that my husband worked for Oracle. 10 years ago. And I think he might've had a 401k. So you jot that down. You start thinking about all the different assets and debts that the two of you, whether alone or together may have accumulated over the course of your marriage. Yeah. So important. And, you know, and the thing I, we talked about this last week on, on the podcast when I had Sean on talking about money stuff, was that, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, right? I mean, I love that you have a worksheet for this because, you know, that's like, the, that's so helpful, right? Because it is like, but it doesn't have to be perfect, right? You can just start writing these things down. Just be like, just start brainstorming. Keep a notes in your phone that like every once in a while you think, oh shit, we had, we did have, we used to have an account at Bank of America. Where is that? You know, mm-hmm. write it down. Right. Right. And it may not be something sinister. Like one of, you know, your spouse may not have like closed it and, 
you know, withdrew all the funds and put it in an offshore bank account, (laughs) but you still get to know, like if you don't have control of the finances in your house, you get to know. And if you do have control, you better believe you need to get this stuff down because you're going to be expected to provide it. Yes. So I just think it's a really great time to get organized, see what it is you have, what you don't have that you need to get, and just start to think about that. Yep. Okay. So what, so what's next? So get organized. That's so get organized. Number one, get organized. Yes. So what else? The thing I want you to do is get a little bit educated about divorce in your state. So every divorce has two big components. It has the procedural stuff. That's all the divorce forms that you're going to prepare and file and serve and process and all that stuff. And then there's the substantive piece. That's all the stuff like who's going to get custody and how much is support going to be and who's going to pay attorney's fees. So there's the, the real issues, the crux, the stuff that matters, the substance, and there's the procedure. And so I want you to get a sense for how the procedure works in your state. Do you have to go to court? You might not. Do you have to take parenting classes? Are there financial like, are we going to have to disclose financials? The answer is usually yes. But how, like, just sort of getting a sense for what everything is going to look like. I know a lot of people in California will download our flow chart and they're, they're literally print it out and put it on the wall just so they can check things off as it go. We'll have our Texas one and our Arizona one up soon. So if you Um, are in those states, you can check back in a few weeks. I also expect to have Ohio up soon, which is pretty complicated, but there's not just us. Yeah. I'm just so happy. You you have so many, I just want to like take a pause and plug here is that whether or not you're in the state of California, Hello Divorce has so many amazing resources that everyone should be checking out. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. The lifestyle section and the blogs are really meant for everyone. And some of the other sections are more nuanced in California law, but the worksheets are for everyone. We have a parenting plan worksheet where you can really sit down and think about the terms that you would want for shared parenting. Those kind of things are universal. So definitely use our resources. They're free. Yeah. I love it. So good. All right. So we're going to get organized. We're going to get organized and you're going to, you're going to get educated about what, what you need to do in your state and like all, what the entire procedure looks like in your state. Yes. Now, you may or may not be in a place where you have been able to tell your spouse or your spouse has told you or you've made the decision together to get a divorce. If you are safe and comfortable and you have been able to share this information, then what you guys can be doing right now is establishing some ground rules. You can be talking about, hey, what is this divorce going to look like? Do we agree that we're going to try to keep this out of court? Are we going mm-hmm. to handle consult- higher consulting attorneys? Would mediation be a good idea? How are we going to tell the kids? How are we going to communicate about divorce? Because I don't know about you, but when I was going through separation, I didn't want text messages from my ex. Like every five minutes, I would get one and like my whole body would tense up and It could ruin my whole afternoon. To the extent that you can establish ground rules, and I know this is coming from a really privileged place because not everyone can, 
but to the extent that you can now is a really good time. That's such a good point. And I, and I appreciate the fact that you're acknowledging the privilege inherent in that, because I mean, I think you and I had similar experiences where, you know, my, my divorce was very amicable, you know, the marriage was not, but the divorce was. And so we, I could, we could sort of establish those sorts of ground rules together collectively. Right. And we still do, we still have to say like, you know, we still have to communicate that way 10 years later, but some people can't. And it's really, really hard. And, but here's what I want to say to that is that a lot of the women that I work with and a lot of the women um, in my Facebook group or that follow me and communicate, contact me feel that they can't, right? Or they, and this is a boundaries, this is boundaries work in my work as a coach, right? This is boundaries work because so often I see women giving their power away to, well, my husband says, you know, my husband's doing this or he's doing this or he's, he's communicating this way, or he's saying this. And I'm saying, okay, how are you, how are you handling it? What boundaries are you setting? Right. Just because he's doing it doesn't mean that like, that's just the way it has to be. And that's the way it's going to go. Right. Because if you are separating yourself out of this dynamic, one of the things that you have, that is your work is to create, you know, find your own power, find your own strength, find your own, you know, and you've done it in leaving the marriage if you're the one to have ended it. Right. But you are equally responsible for shifting the dynamic of your communication as you move forward in this process. So don't give your power away and think that just because the way he's doing it is the way that it has to get done. You still get to say. Yes. And sometimes, you know, he'll state things as if they're truth, but really it's just masking his own fear. And so to say things that will either bully you or make him feel better. I mean, that's really the point, right? The point is not to make you feel better. The point is to make him feel better and more in control. And so we need to remember that. What can we do to make you feel more in control and more empowered? And some of the ways to do that, right, is to get organized, get educated, and set ground rules if possible. And moving into my fourth tip would be to either meet with a legal coach, that's AKA a lawyer, or and or a certified divorce mm-hmm. financial yeah. analyst for two reasons. One is because I want you to get a sense for what your best and worst case scenario mm-hmm. is yes. from a lawyer. I want you to get a sense for what you're looking at here, what your rights are, what are some of the things that you're going to need to think about. You know, that that's very important. And then a certified divorce financial analyst can be really helpful in number one, helping you to establish a budget, which you're going to need to disclose anyways. Number two, ultimately helping you with a cash flow analysis, helping you to determine does it make sense to keep the house? Does it make sense yeah. to sell it and keep half of retirement? How are you going to maximize the most amount of money in your pocket um, and the least amount to the government? Now, this might feel like a lot. Not everyone's ready to get to this step, but you can at least make the connection. You can start researching a lawyer. You can start researching a certified divorce financial analyst and make the connection so that when you're ready to move forward on these issues, you have someone that's in your court. Yeah. And and, and I think... think it's important to know that these people exist and that they should be on your team if you can bring them in and to just research what they do, right? They're, um, 
I think there, there's at least one decision I made in my divorce that had I had, had I consulted my own CDFA at the time, which mm, I, you know, I, 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 we were doing collaborative. So, but that I think I maybe would have made a different decision about at, the, at this point, it's neither here nor there. It's done. It was 10 years ago, but I, it's the one thing that I go, if I had had some other outside another set of eyes on this, I might have, I might have fought a little harder for this one aspect. At the end of the day, I had a fantastic collaborative, amicable divorce, and that's fine. But I think just even knowing that there are people out there that that can that can have make the help you make these decisions, it doesn't have to be adversarial. It doesn't have to be just because you know a lot of people think that like, well, if I'm hiring an attorney, then then all of a sudden we're like stakes in the ground and we're and we're going to court. And like that's not true, right? Like there are ways to do this that you're simply getting, again, going back to getting educated. Right. Yeah. I mean, definitely getting educated. The certified divorce financial analyst might simply the first couple sessions be educating you on what a restricted stock unit is. I mean, there's so many different ways that there's so many different ways that employees are compensated these days. And some of my clients have restricted stock units and they don't really fully understand what it is how it works, when they best, which part is joint, which part is separate. So like, you know, they they don't necessarily have to help you right now figure out which part of the estate you're going to take, but they could be helping you to educate you on what you have. And we're moving so fast until we all got shuttered in our homes. We've been moving so fast that we probably haven't taken the time to really understand everything it is that we have, including our insurance policies, our estate plans, all right. that stuff. Yeah. 401ks, like quadros. Like I still don't understand my quadro. Like it's in the drawer, you know, and I guess in, in like, you know, 20 years will yes. matter, but it will <laughs> matter because without <laughs> one, even if your judgment says that you receive right. a piece of that retirement account, you won't get it. Do you have any more steps? I mean, I have lots of tips. Uh, we don't need to go through all of them today. I, mean, I love them. They're all great. They're all super great. But, uh, but, but the point is, yes, these are things that you can be doing right now that are not, that are not going to be holding you up, that are not going to be making you feel like I made this decision and now I'm shit out of luck. Mm-hmm. There are things that you can be doing to be moving this forward. And I think that's, and I think, you know, from a, and, and, and so back to your, <laughs> you're flipping the script on me and asking me the question, right? Like from a psychological perspective, these things, taking these actions actually make you feel empowered. When you get educated, as you said, you get empowered. When you have yeah. a full understanding of your accounting and the money and the legal um, ramifications, you become more empowered. And if certainly if you've been, the person in your marriage who maybe hasn't had control of the finances or maybe hasn't known all of the stuff, even if you are right, you are getting, you are, you're gaining power within yourself and growing yourself and stretching yourself in a new way. That's really important. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I'm just, I'm smiling and nodding with you because I've seen this like with my clients, you know, because aside from hello, Divorce, which is an online legal platform for people who are mm-hmm. going through an amicable divorce or, you know, a mediated divorce. We also have a law firm. And I have several clients at that law firm that are working with divorce coaches. And I've watched them over the last six or seven months 
really come into their own when it comes to making these financial decisions. And they're no longer relying on me. They are making decisions from an empowered, educated place. And it's remarkable and so exciting to watch. Yeah. I mean, it's so true. And I think, um, just, just a plug for my, for my people, right. From the divorce coach aspect, right. This is why also having a divorce, this is what we were talking about at the Southern California Mediators Association where we missed you and it was so bad. I know I missed it, but I was so that you guys did that panel. We did. And we, you know, just for my listeners, I think you guys, uh, most of you know, but I was on a panel with two other divorce coaches, Wendy Sterling and Karen Bigmans. Karen and Wendy and I were, were on a panel talking about the the topic was creating a like a, you know multifaceted team right and like all the different team members that make a divorce really much smoother and actually newsflash cost less money right so it's it it might seem counterintuitive that the more members you have on your team the less money that you're going to spend but it's actually true right and and what a divorce coach does and what i do is that I help people process their emotions and take the heat out of it, which helps you stay out of court, right? If you have processed the emotional journey that you've been on over the last however many years that you've been married or things have been going south or, you know, if you can get through that and process those emotions in a really healthy and productive way, they're not going to follow you into a divorce, quote, fight, right? They're not going to turn your divorce ugly. They're going to have you be, have you be sort of come to peace and some sort of resolution within yourself about what happened in the marriage, you know, sort of taking the good guy, bad guy aspect out of it so that you can do something like hello divorce so that you can, you know, so that, so that once you get to that place, right, you can do it. You have a more, a higher chance of doing it amicably. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, we can't stress that enough. I recommend all of my clients to get a divorce coach. A really good lawyer is going to cost you hundreds and hundreds of dollars an hour. And you don't want them fueling your fire. What I mean by that is the divorces where people are focused on themselves and their future or their children are thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars less than the divorces where we're focused on our exes, where we're trying to gain some sort of control out of the divorce or uh, revenge or whatever it might be. The legal system is not the place to do it, period. I can tell you that the difference between a $3,000 divorce and a $300,000 divorce. Absolutely. We've seen this, you know, professionally, we've seen it time and time again. It's, It's 100%. Now let's look at like, when is it time to slow down? Like when we're in this process and we're in quarantine and we've been moving and we want to like keep riding that train, Mm -hmm. how do we know when when we actually should sort of slow it down? I had a lot of people that I know that were negotiating their divorce and they were doing it based on values, which is not a bad thing. So as an example, let's say just before the Mm -hmm. pandemic hit, there was $100,000 in the 401k. Wife says, I'll take $50,000. That's half. And I'll take half of whatever's in the brokerage account. And they attribute a value. Well, if the market has shifted dramatically, 
then that could be a really great decision if there's an agreement. If you were taking 50,000 and the account went down to 70,000, that could be amazing. Now all of a sudden you're coming out way ahead. But if it's your account and the tables are reversed, now all of a sudden you are giving away far more of that farm than you should be. So what I'm telling people to do is if they still feel like it's important to negotiate the division of their Mm -hmm. financial estate Mm -hmm. to be doing it in the form of shares as opposed to value, a percentage of an account as opposed to a dollar amount because the market is so shaky. The other thing is, is that, you know, we know that in a divorce, when there is at least one marital residence, we usually sell or equalize, meaning one party keeps it and buys the other party out. Well, based on shifting home values right now, depending on which side of the equation you fall, there might be a reason to pause. And I would say that if you're in negotiations, be transparent about it. There's no reason to play games and try to do whatever you can to put off the negotiations. I'm a consulting attorney on many cases and I've straight up told the attorney on the other side, look at like, if we're to move forward right now, my client is going to get really screwed based on the, the negotiation uh, right. terms that we had been discussing. So it's going to need to change. And then, and then it gives them a chance to do what they want. I mean, I know that there's a husband on one of our cases. I mean, I represent women and men, but one of our cases, I represent wife and husband said, look at, let's do it based on pre-corona values. I just want to get done. And I was like, heck yeah, here we go. Sure. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) Right. I mean, this is, it's interesting because that, that was, that was the, the, the quote mistake I alluded to earlier was that, you know, when I got divorced, our house was underwater. It was upside down, right? It was, it was in the hole from what we, cause, cause we got divorced in, 2009. <laughs> so like, are we bought at the top of the market and then it dropped by two, you know? And so they were saying I should give him order to leave the house, right? Cause it was a liability. So they were, so they were like, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to split everything, half of liabilities and half of assets, you're going to, you know, you, you give up $125,000, let's say in the retirement account. And, you know, thankfully my ex was like, that doesn't seem fair. Like, I'm like, I'm like, can we just take the house off the top? It was clear that he was going to keep the house because I wasn't going to be able to afford it. But he just, but he just sold it for more than we had purchased it. Right. So he just made profit on our home, on the home. And I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) Like he just sold it last week. Right. And I was like, wait, I mean, I get that at the time it was a liability, but we all knew that it was going to become an asset. And should I have kept, should I have kept my name on the title? Should I have said like, well, when you can keep it, but when you sell it, I, you know, it's, it's like what there were, there, there might've been a more forward thinking way to look at that. And I might've been on the hook for, you know, and, and, but, you know, I might've been on the hook for the mortgage all this time or the repairs, like he had to re-roof it, all of that stuff. Right. Which 
I'm super glad that I wasn't on the hook for. So there's a lot of there. I think there's like a little mm, give and take and they're, you know, decisions are decisions and hindsight is 2020. But like you said, like, but that was the last time we were in a market crash and recession. And I got divorced in the middle of that. I think that after that, I'm sorry to tell you, but after that divorce attorneys did get a little bit more creative. Yeah. And not most divorce attorneys, because most divorce attorneys are still pretty darn traditional. But I think there are a lot of us now thinking about other ways to sort of split the risk. Like, I'm going to take an asset that is underwater, but, you know, we're either going to sometime down the road split the liability or split the gain, I mean, or I had in one case, a client whose house is right in the middle of like a a wildfire zone. Right now it's worth a ton of money, but last year we had the fires and that could happen anytime. And so we were really creative with like who pays the extra insurance. What happens if the insurance carrier will no longer insure the home? all sorts of stuff there. So you can be creative if you have a collaborative divorce or if you have a divorce where you're working with an, a mediator or these days an online mediator or a smart legal coach, but you can't be in court. So if you go to court, the judge is just going to say, okay, you can't agree on a buyout price, you know, sell the house and split it. So exactly. And that's what that's right. That's what they said. They're like, well, if you went to court today, you'd be, they would tell you to sell the house and then you'd, you know, then what are you going to do? Right. But that also like that brings me back to to a comment that you made earlier when you said, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing for your spouse to lawyer up. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a war. And I 100 percent completely agree. I want everyone to have a smart lawyer, a good, smart lawyer to consult with here and there. Exactly. It's going to cut out the BS. And I think that's where I you know, I, I didn't, I, I, I think I didn't, I wasn't, I, it, that's, that's the thing that right now I'm like, mm, but yeah, you know it stings a little bit, but you made the right decision for you in the moment. And thank goodness you weren't stuck with that negative, like what I call phantom equity. I just, yeah, I would never agree to what they had initially proposed. So I'm glad that your ex was really clear about not wanting to stick you with that liability. Yeah, no, he has like this very weird fairness gene that he, that he doesn't, that doesn't, it's not just in his favor. Like he just wants fairness everywhere. What else do we need people to know about divorcing during a pandemic? Which is basically the conversation we're having, right? (laughs) One thing that you can note is that, you know, we're not getting a ton of guidance from courts. I'm looking at my calendar right now because we're recording this on April 17th. So things are changing so rapidly that it might be different by the time this airs. I can tell you last week we were getting no guidance from the courts. And this week, some state courts and some county courts have issued some guidance, particularly when it comes to the co-parenting custody exchanges and all that kind of stuff. Well, what are they saying? I haven't heard, I haven't heard any guidance. I haven't heard that. Okay. So Florida, Texas, and some of our California courts, most recently Alameda County, they're all basically saying the same thing, which is comply with your custody orders if you live close in proximity. And if you don't, 
and you're found to be quote unquote alienating your child from the other parent, there will be consequences. Now, I mean, there's a whole other episode of things we could talk about in terms of why um, you shouldn't comply, but we, we can hold off on that for the moment. But what I do want to say is that right. for the most part, most quote courts are open at least to handle emergency or, you know, abuse type requests. So if you get, and it doesn't just have to be physical abuse. Like if your spouse is not letting you have access to your child, these aren't life and death, hopefully things, but they still matter. And they will be for the most part considered an an emergency. And the courts may give you an order to your benefit, probably not as quickly as you'd like, but there is that ability in most counties throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. No, it's good to, that's good to know because I hadn't heard the official sort of, you know, court guidelines because they were, they were slow. <laughs> they were, we were like, hello, we need some guidance here. They were like, yeah. And I guess, you know, like one thing I would say that like, if you have a fairly amicable divorce or you've already come to a settlement, there's no reason why you can't prepare all the forms necessary to get your divorce done. So if you're in California, you can use our software, you can have our legal document assistants do it for you or um, a lawyer. And um, there are a ton of awesome lawyers and legal professionals on a site called Divorceify. I don't know if you've had them on your podcast. I haven't had them on yet. No. But what I like about them is they don't just have lawyers on their site. It's, it's kind of like a referral service, but it's more personalized in that if you have a certain budget or if you're looking for a certain type of coach or lawyer, or if you want a mediator or realtor, like all the divorce type professionals that are important for your divorce are in that one website. And so I definitely would recommend that you start there. Great resource. That's divorceify.com, right? right? Yeah. That's so, that's great. That's awesome. I feel like we've covered a I think lot. So. Have we have we sort of run the gamut here? I think <laughs> yeah, I I, yeah. I think I hope this will be helpful. I think for some people who had their divorce stuck for a while where they weren't really doing anything because things were relatively peaceful and that now is a great time to think about moving it forward and hopefully we gave a bunch of suggestions on how to do that. Yes, and I just actually want to tag team on what you just said. Like if things are going well and you guys are like cohabitating and things are relatively peaceful, as you said, now is the time. Don't think that like, oh, everything's fine. So we should, you know, maybe stop or we should, maybe we should get back together. Like, I mean, I don't know, maybe you should, but probably it's because you've taken the emotional heat out of your relationship and you guys are actually in a great spot to collaboratively and amicably move this forward. This is a really good time to do Absolutely that. Absolutely agree. The marital contract is one of the biggest, most nuanced financial contracts that any of us will ever enter into. And so you're still in a contract with your spouse, whether you're separated or not. And for and because of that, third parties, Visa, IRS, <laughs> potential, like whoever it might be, third parties, view you as a financial and emotional unit and they get to until that divorce is final or at least until you start the legal process in some states if your spouse is a liability you're then now would be the time to start separating that estate 
Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree with that more. Could not agree with that more. Thank you for having me on. Oh my God, Erin. I love chatting with you. I do too. I love it. I adore you. And I'm so happy to be in collaboration with you and trying to, you know, fight this fight and make these changes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love your podcast. It's amazing and big fan over here. (laughs) You're so sweet. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I'm super excited to have you on. And so where can people find you? Hello, divorce. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So our social media handle across the board is at hello divorce. I, at this point still manage all of them. So Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, it's me. So you can feel free to DM and I'll get back to you. And of course, the website, hellodivorce.com. And if you're in the Bay Area in California, our law firm is Levine Family Law Group. Amazing. Thanks, love. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember... You, my love, deserve to be happy.